0: Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Steve Shaw. Um, I'm an assistant chief of Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue, and welcome to the uh, live from FDIC 2023 Perspectives on Leadership podcast here in Indianapolis. Uh, this is wonderful. It's been a phenomenal week. You know, as we go into Friday morning, as we're kind of wrapping up the week here with everything that's been going on since the beginning of the week, we have a little chance now to sit and reflect on all the things that we've seen and done and practice and the conversations and the communications and the collaboration and all that this week. And it's kind of like taking a breath. So as we sit here this Friday morning, just taking that breath, talking about what we've seen a little bit more classes to take today some great classes today going into tomorrow we just have this little moment to reflect and i'm, I'm happy to be here i'm happy to do this live podcast um especially live here at fdic 2023 so um welcome again this is the perspectives on leadership podcast and, and as every month we do this we we tend to take a, uh, a an idea or a concept or a trait of leadership and just take a deep dive into that so uh this morning i got with me rick george now rick has been uh an icon in the fire service for some time right now uh definitely a renaissance man Uh, i've known him for some time now even since i first came on the job and we worked kind of close together in the palm beach county area from you know fort lauderdale so we've always kind of been close and both you know on on a on a personal level but also a geographical level so rick thank you for being here this morning and i'm sure everybody knows you but please say hello and just give us a quick snapshot of who you are and uh, we'll keep going from there
1: yeah um thanks for having me uh I am uh, humbled to have had an opportunity to participate in the fire service. So the fire service saved my life and the fools saved my career. Um, And as a result, I have gotten to know you. It got me involved in training. I've trained all over the place, worked for Palm Beach County for 24 years. Prior to that, worked out west in a a different department. Also did volunteer up in Georgia. Um, 29 years total, put on a lot of classes. We wrote a book on resiliency, myself, Bob Carpenter and Dave Gillespie. It's called Developing Firefighter Resiliency. You can get it through fire engineering. Um, it's a little book, you know, we were going to put a crayon on it because we leave, you know, room in the back for notes and, and, you know, a crayon for the truckies He should be able to take notes and stuff. And Bobby crushed that one. He said, no, 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 guys are going to eat it. We're going to have to put a choking hazard on there. It gets into legals and stuff. So we're not going to do that. Um I, I know a lot of I've been fortunate to train around the country a lot and and know a lot of really great guys. You know, the fire services, um, it is a fraternity, but there are different fraternities of the fire service. And we're going to talk about the one that we think people should be involved with. Um, been married twice, liked it so much first time, six kids, nine grandkids. Uh, I am just blessed beyond belief to have the life that I have.
0: And, you know, and, and I'm glad we're doing this together when we were kind of when I was asked to do this on Friday, I'm thinking, trying to think of. Who to, to bring on to talk about uh, a variety of things, but you were one, one of the first people I thought of because we've been talking.
1: I thought you were stuff. just scraping the bottom of the barrel, bro. Oh yeah, no,
0: everybody else canceled, so you were <laughs> the last person. I'm like, who else was here? God, and then I saw you walking in the hallway. I'm like, hey, I happen to be spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you for asking me, bro. No, I'm, I'm honored that you're here, man. It's always good to talk shop with you, man. Um, so, I think it goes without saying that I think this week <clears throat> has been a, um, a tremendous opportunity to reflect and uh, and give credit to, to Chief Halton. Uh, I think that from the beginning to the end, even before and I'm sure going in afterwards, there's uh, it it was done right. It was done right. He was definitely um, obviously the icon and the the credit that was given to him throughout this entire conference was palpable. Everybody felt it. It was done right. And I think everybody that knew him at some point or some level, it it, it was it was felt in a positive way. And
1: uh, I I agree with you. Um, Much like the job, tragedy and danger brings us closer. Mm-hmm.
0: I know he was always very honest with me. He told me what I, I was just you know, talking to some of the instructors inside the, the break room. And we were talking about things. And I remember the first time I was starting to do podcasts, I wrote articles. I He looked at uh, my my, um, my submissions. And the first time I've turned in submissions, they were both turned down. So right before one of the podcasts we were on, before we went live, we were chatting. He goes, hey, Steve. I'm like, hey. He goes, hey, I had a chance to read your submissions. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. You suck at writing submissions. <laughs> but he was always honest he told me what i needed to hear and as everybody says it and it's kind of almost being overused now he was unapologetic in his beliefs yeah and i i'm glad that i at least took that from him among other things and uh
1: he'd have been proud of your class yesterday buddy
0: it was it was we had a good time
1: we yeah had a good time. you were firing on all cylinders it was it was it
0: was a good it was good feeling i think good. i think i did the conference right and i did him right
1: and that that felt good. You, you uh, I don't think you realize it, but you screwed a lot of people up because mm. my partner was in that class and he was blown away and tried to implement some of the things just kind of got <laughs> off track on his own thing.
0: So as we're talking about a few things here today, um, I think that the things we want to kind of we were talking about coming into this were a combination of things like uh, being students <clears throat> in the fire server, but also reflecting. In other words, this Friday morning, we're kind of taking a breather from the, the beginning of the week till now. And we have a moment here to reflect on a lot of stuff that's happened uh, since the beginning, since before beginning and, and up to now. And in terms of reflection, you know, for example, we not only are we both teaching, but we're both note takers, both students, of the fire service. and We're taking notes in different classes. And I've been taking notes all week. Uh, from David Rhodes, when he was uh, doing his uh, beginning and some of the keynotes um, and some of the things that came up that just stuck in my mind that I had to write down were things like when he was talking about character and competence and that struck a curve, struck a, it's
1: struck a couple a of board. homeless guys over there.
0: <laughs> it's going to be like this the whole time. You know that? <laughs> yeah.
1: We're being harassed. You can't yeah. see it off camera, but yeah,
0: God, it's, God bless that's their
1: the brotherhood, spirit. man. You know,
0: God bless their souls. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he mentioned character and competence, and I that struck a nerve instantly because Stephen M. R. Covey, uh, the son of Stephen Covey, did The Seven Habits, wrote this book, uh, I think it's The Speed of Trust. And he says that trust was an equal part of character and competence. And then uh, David went into a little more detail on those two topics, which I thought was very powerful. Um, he also said some things, you know, like, we must be the firefighter that we want showing up to your house. And that just cause me to reflect anymore but he also said something that i i, I think that resonated with me up until now and it, it was the fights back home not here in other words everybody here is in the job everybody here is is in it they're doing it we're all brothers we're all learning we're all students of the craft this is where we come to get recharged and he's right the fight's not here it's back home. In other words, what are we doing with all that knowledge now that we have? We've been here all week. We spent the money. We've been in class. We've swung halogens. We've taught. We've mentored. Now what? What do we do with that? And just like, just like Billy Goldfeder says, you know, pass it on. Well, how are we passing it on? So I want to talk about that for a second. In other words, for a guy like you, when you soak in all this knowledge and stuff, what's your next step? What do you, what do, you do now? How do you pay homage to that, I guess?
1: So that, that, that's a great question. I'll tell you why. Cause I've, I've been coming here for a while. So I know what to expect. Plus I'm retired now. So when I come here, I get to see guys and girls that I haven't seen unless I teach somewhere. And the, the thing is, is that it's influenced me so much that it has, it is the way that I teach and the way that I interact with people. So, uh, much like church, you're, you're, you're there to learn a particular way of carrying yourself and how you live your life. That's what FDIC does. It's a church for firemen, mm. you know? I and so you, when you leave here, it's, you You have the option. You can be the new version of you, or you can be a hypocrite, a guy that just stands around, likes to wear the t-shirt and rah, rah. And then when it's time to really go, it's all show, you know? So I, 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 I love that, you know, something David said about, uh, Character and competence. So, uh, character is, uh, is important. I, I, I character is very important to me because we're discussing leadership. That's the foundation of leadership, you know. And if you're not competent on a job or you're a skippy, you know, what a skippy is, right? It's somebody that skips ranks, you know, up, <laughs> they don't have the experience, right? You don't get the respect of the people from those positions and stuff. So, That's where the competence comes in. Being able to perform in every position, you don't have to be, you know, a master at everything. You just have had to have delved in it and understand the intricacies of it. Because now when it, what it does is it affects your judgment and your character of how you're looking at something. And it's more, it's, it's more rounded. It's more grounded. It's based off of your experience and you can understand that position and the difficulties of it are when our men start to groan and they start to say, Hey, what about this? What about that? You know? And because, you know, the fire service, we do a lot with little, we do a lot with little and that's confused because we're successful at it as a successful model, but it's just, it's a testament to the heart that our people have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and I, I I love that you went a little deeper on the, the character and competence, access, uh, uh, especially the character side. Um, in, in terms of like, as I reflect here and think about everything that I've I've taken notes on and, and the experiences, and I'll be honest, my my fire chief, uh, Chief Golan, he's very big on ROI, like return on investment. In other words, okay, we're sending you to this conference. I love that. What are you bringing back? Love it. And I love that there's that intentional, direct. Hey, That's you're right. going, but what are you bringing back? How are you going to do that? So, I think about that as I'm writing notes as i'm 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 having these conversations as I'm meeting the vendors and the and the exhibitions and and having these conversations and tweaking my presentation like what am I get how do I translate that to back at home do I need to put on a class do I need to have more conversations do I need to 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 do some things that I picked up on and practice those you know and and I, I'm thinking of that constantly right now how
1: do you share how do you how do you develop intimacy with an entire fire department mm-hmm. Because intimacy requires that you jump off a cliff, bro. You let people see who you are, mm. you know, who you really are, you know, and, and that's where the authenticity comes in. If people understand you as authentic, bro, they will walk over hot coals. Mm.
0: And, and the other thing is it, you're, you're 100% right. And I think that some of us, when we go back, we, we have all this knowledge. We met a, a bunch of crazy, amazing individuals. We have all this stuff we want to do. And so there's a dichotomy there. We want to give value back to our agencies and yeah. our regions, our districts, whatever it looks like. But we also don't want to make it about us. I don't want to go back and make this the Steve Shaw show. I want to make Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue better. I want to make our officers and our firefighters better. better. It's not the
1: yeah. Steve Shaw show. You're Johnny Carson. I'm Ed McMahon. Ah, God, okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. This is the morning show. <laughs> the morning show.
1: <laughs>
0: so um, a couple things. So as we go through some of the notes here, I'm still looking at some of these things right here. Do it. And again, I was looking at a lot of, notes of uh dr laurie morrell and brian brush and these guys did phenomenal uh, opening uh keynotes and just kept us up to date in the latest thing I, I think that i've seen dr morrell uh talk a few times and i think this is going to speak to you she mentioned and i've heard her say this twice already that we need to have mental resiliency training for this career yep. and she mentioned that the nfl has it and the, the the baseball league has it and some other folks have it out there there are other professional sports and whatnot but what do we have? And I'm like, damn, she's right. And she, she got me thinking of my wife, who's a psychologist. And when she was doing her dissertation work, she was doing it on firefighter stress. And she came to me one day, she's like, you know, Steve, I'm noticing some trends as I get this data. I'm like, what do you notice? She goes, well, first of all, your sleep patterns suck. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. We can talk about that all day. And she goes, but the second thing is your coping mechanisms need work. Like, what do you mean by that? She goes, you don't know how to cope with all the stress of the job. You mix up adaptive versus maladaptive coping and you don't process it very well. I'm like, damn. So when I started thinking about that and she was saying about that mental resiliency training, I'm thinking, is there even a choice not to be looking into that if you're not doing that already? So I know you kind of, that's kind of your space. So when you think about the resiliency aspect. Yep. What where does your mind go when you think about that in terms of how to get to some of these firefighters and build that?
1: So I'm glad you asked that. Um, there is a, I'm going to keep referencing you know church and the fire service because there's a lot of similarities. its there is they're 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 all about community. Okay, so our pastor, right? If you're going to attack a flock, you're going to attack the pastor. If you're going to attack a fire department, you're going to attack the fire chief. You're in a battle. You want to go for the guy that's in charge and eliminate him and create, you know. Anarchy. Anarchy. And, and so, <clears throat> in church, a pastor is supported by a group of people, right? One for, you know, like the mental aspect, another one for the emotional. Because there's IQ and there's EQ. Hmm. IQ is intellect. EQ is emotional, you know, intellect. And so, There's stability in that. You have a finance guy. You have a guy that deals with you with regards to uh, anything, sex, loss, whatever, you know. Uh, Believe it or not, that's probably one of the most maladaptive behaviors in the fire service right after the alcohol. And so um, he has this support group to keep him honed, to keep him grounded, to keep him fed. We don't do that for our fire chiefs. You've got an ops guy, you know, you've got a, you know, a deputy chief and but where is the support? How do you feed this man's soul? Because if he is the heart and soul of the fire service, then we need to take care of his mind, his heart and his soul. And so the development of that absolutely starts with sleep. If you're not getting sleep or if you're one of those departments that says your people can't sleep till after six o'clock. You should probably rethink that because sleep is one of the most important things to keep people functioning and thinking correctly. If you have a lack of sleep, you get the irrational thinking. You want them to be grounded. You want them to have good critical thinking skills for an entire shift. Good because that leads to good decision making. Good decision making keeps you situationally aware. Now you've got somebody that's in charge, right? You've got a company officer who is doing that, but you also have a company that's doing that. Because, you know, true leadership, men you don't want men to follow you. You want them to lead with you, you know, and that's good houses are tight like that. So, there's, there's a lot of aspects to that. The sleep is a big one. But not only that, the reason mentoring is such a big deal is because we will take people and explain something. It's not just showing them, but it's explaining it to them. And the light switch goes off and they're like, oh, I get it. And that's what you want. You want them to get it because that profound change happened from within. So we can teach them all the external skills, right? Anybody can develop muscles. But to develop this and the critical thinking in that whole aspect, that's where your mental resiliency comes into play. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of many, many things. So it has to do with food. It has humor. Humor is a big one too, Mm -hmm. right? Because you want to stimulate the hormones from the parasympathetic. And here's why. When you run a call, you're at a busy house like I was or like you were, right? You'll get a call. It'll drop. You'll run this call. As you clear it, you probably got one in holding and you're going to go run that one. And then on the way back to the barn, you get another call. You you can run three, four calls. We have left the firehouse and haven't seen it until dinner, you know, so the sympathetic nervous system never gets to finish its complete cycle. And that information alone is very important because if you understand that, then you know the things that you have to do for self-care. And the self-care aspect is, it's incumbent on everybody. But then on top of that, you get to the captain. Because, you know, the, the 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 captain or lieutenant, whoever runs the firehouse, that's the backbone of the fire service. If they're clued into that, they're going to make sure that these guys get dialed in. And there's ways to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to delve that deep into it. But she was spot on, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that I, I – so my wife, funny story, every so often I'll get a phone call. Yeah. And I'll be like, hey, Steve. I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? And he'll go – Hey, can I talk to your wife? I'm like, <laughs> sure. I'll get her the phone. She'll walk into another room. That uh, sounds 20- like the
1: beginning of a bad joke. Well,
0: right? No, no. She'll come back in the room like 20, 30 minutes later. Here you go. And, and she won't say a word about it, but she'll, she, whatever she did, she de-escalated, had a conversation, whatever. And I love that people know that every so often they can do that with me because she knows the fire service.
1: Do you know what that does for your family? It brings you closer. Your yeah. wife feels a part of that. You feel like she's a part of that, 100 percent. And so, what that is—that's the—that's ox- the serotonin, which is, or the oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. Mm. You know, that comes from the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, together, we're joined. How many wives feel on the outside?
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes.
1: They, they, like, you love the job more than you love me. Mm. I'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of people out there. Yes. Or, or, yes. and I'm not saying it's the wife telling the husband. It could be the husband telling the wife that. You know? Could you imagine how hard that would be? being a woman heterosexual woman by the way i don't, don't mean to insult anybody but <clears throat> i don't care <laughs> anyways the, the point is if you're a woman on the job and you're married your husband you're going to work with all these guys and some of them are intimidating looking you know and it and and there's a lot of interaction with that man if your relationship isn't grounded and secure. And you're not bringing them into the fray and introducing them and stuff. Yes. Our peer support. It's a, Here's one more aspect of it. Our peer support is should not be just for our people on the job. There should be a bridge. And that bridge means that they should do stuff for the spouses and, and the loved ones. Right. And the reason is because they're going to get educated the way our people do in peer support. And the purpose for that is not for the spouse to work on the other spouse. No, it's if, you know, you're at engine one and you're or and truck two and rescue three and all three of them go out on a call and it's a major incident and there's fatalities and it's a bad day. It's a real bad day. They notify the family spouses of those people at those units and they notify one person and tell them, hey, listen, we got a significant incident. They don't have to go into detail, but they'll know because they've had the class what significant means. Yeah, yeah. There's some bad shit just happened. Mm-hmm. And this is what you can expect coming up. And the purpose for that is now the spouses don't take it personal. Like he never talks to me. He grunts. Yep. He's short tempered. Yep. He's yep. quick. You know, he's not sleeping well. He yells, he screams, you know, or, or maybe you just clam up and just get hammered to try to get numb, just to hit neutral.
0: Well, a lot of times we don't want to mm-hmm. burden our families. We, right. we come home with We come home and. We know we've had a rough shift. We know we've seen a lot of trash, and we don't want to overload our families with that. So that's one of the reasons might be why we shut
1: up. It affects the emotional yeah. IQ. Yeah.
0: So you unpack You you opened up the door on a lot of things right there. I, and you it's got my, my job, brain bro. Spinning. I'm Ed McMahon. I do that spinning now. So you mentioned <laughs> leading with you, like the people you're actually yes. leading with you. Not leading them. You're you're you gonna be doing that, but you're also person to lead with. That's you. correct. And that drives me to think about this plus one mentality. And what I mean by that is, you know, in terms of we had this class on succession planning this week, and of course, you know, the fire service is always great on succession planning. I mean, we we were experts at succession planning, right? But one of the things I, I learned already, to, or just recently, every time I call the Miami Dade Fire Rescue, I'll call the EMS bureau. I'll talk to this guy, uh, Captain Dunmore. And every time I call him, he picks up the phone and he goes, "Hey, man," I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And right after that, I, and I'll, I'll hear two other, "Hey, hey," and I'm like, "Am I am I in speaker?" He's like, yeah. And every time I call him, he's always put me on speaker with his crew. And I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, that's brilliant. You're not taking something and then passing it on second or third person. Your crew is right there hearing what we're saying. Instant redundancy, positive redundancy. You're building your team. You're, you're, you're creating that plus one aspect of things. Yep. And that's what I do now. So if I'm in the office and I get a call from anybody, medical director, department of health, uh, another fire chief, we're talking about something immediately I'll go, hey, Terry, Ariel, come on in here. They'll come in, we'll have a conversation, but they're present. So I'm building the backup, the plus one. So they're involved in that. So if I go on vacation or step out, they're good. They heard the conversation. I'm trying to build that plus one. I'm trying to build that succession plan. It's a little thing. Um, it's,
1: it's the same thing like with your wife when, you know, guys call to speak to her. Your company feels like they're included in this kind of thing. I hate using the word inclusion because it's been bastardized, but they're included in this. They're, they're, this is their company too, mm. you know? We're just, what we're not necessarily in charge of it. We're just, uh, we're taking care of it for 24 hours, mm. you know? And so it, it's good that it, it if you don't do that plus one thing, then you should be because that's what brings a company together. 100%. Same way that that's the way it brings a marriage together.
0: You you said a couple of other things and it got me thinking to some things that have come up. And I think during my lecture, it came up and just in general conversations. And even even Dr. Morrell mentioned about like some of the new folk that are coming on board right now yeah. and the challenges that brings. And, of course, we can talk about, I think I know that guy over there. He's very familiar to us. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but we were thinking about the new guys and how when they're coming in, they, they're, there's gaps. Whatever those gaps look like, there's a lot of gaps in the new people coming toward the job. And you can't cover everything in the fire academy. You can't cover it all. And we were talking about the, the statements that are made when these new folk come in. And, oh, they don't know anything. They've they never started a chainsaw. They don't know how to mix fuel. They don't know what a Phillips versus a screwdriver, a flathead is. And all Those the, the common things we hear. And Dr. Moore was, was talking about how the, the Zeds, for example, haven't had the same opportunities for those individual relationships and those close bonds that a lot of us have t- taken for granted because that's what, how we grew up. But the bottom line is no matter what, they're coming to us. And what do we do about that? And some people still have that negative connotation to where, oh, I can't believe I got to teach this guy what a Phillips screwdriver is. Or I got to teach this guy. how to. That's an opportunity, dude.
1: That's an absolute uh, opportunity. Phillips screwdriver, that's the plus one. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, yes, sir. Yeah. From what I've, what I've seen in the pictures, yes. But, but I was, yeah. And that's the point is, is it's an opportunity. It's not like, oh God, I got to teach this guy something. No, you get the opportunity and the gift to basically imprint on these folks.
1: That's a shift in, in the mindset. Yes. 100%. That is that is part of the development of resiliency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A shift. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But in terms of the, the people that are coming to us, you have a gift if you get those people that are green or have a gap. You're filling the gap. And if you do it right, not only do they learn the skill or whatever you're trying to teach them, you become the guy that's going to live in their minds forever as that impactful leader, influencer, whatever you want to call it. And you're going to side-eye that? That's a gift, dog. I mean, that's something that's, that's powerful.
1: So I'll I tell you where I think that originates. Um, we've been hearing the term leadership and management for a long time. A leader knows how to develop people because a leader, when he brings people up, he teaches them firsthand about mentoring and then explains that it's now their turn to become mm-hmm. the teacher. And that's a leadership mentoring. That is true succession. Yeah. Managers don't do that; they just maintain shit, and that's the drop-off. You don't get that, you know. Yes, you do get to teach these kids. You get to be their mentor. Yes. They're gonna, yes. they're gonna remember you forever, 100%. whether it's good or bad.
0: That, and You said it right there, whether it's good or bad, they're going to remember something. That's what right. do you want them to remember?
1: That's right. And How that's do you want to be remembered? Yeah. I, I will attack your ego <laughs> so to make it <laughs> so like that, that you can understand that the way that you come off with people, and I'm guilty of it. My career started that way. You know, I was probably one of the most disgruntled medics you have ever seen in your life. (laughs) I was an angry dude. We would run an overdose for the 20th time. And I'd be like, bro, why don't you just die? You know, my captain's like, Ricky, hit the truck. Go relax for a while. You know, (laughs) I I, I was that guy, you know. And then as I promoted up and went to the 3rd Battalion, everything changed. You know, It, it, it changed. But at the end of my career, it was catching up to me again, you know. But I had the support of these. They're just great men. They understood that. And that was what I was talking about—that level of intimacy.
0: I I love. I just am glad you went there in terms of they're going to remember something. They are. What is your choice of what they're going to remember? Believe it. One hundred percent accurate. And I think that when you said mindset, the change of mindset—you know—the best part understand that.
1: The best part is guys will go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember you, bro. You were one of the angriest firemen I have ever met." (laughs) They go, "Wow, you have really changed. You're like a different animal." You know what that tells them? People can change.
0: Yes. 100% people
1: can change so your examples no matter what throughout your entire career you're a walking billboard man you know like bill gustin said you know you are a and at this perfect timing for my brain to go you know you're an emissary for the fire service Mm. you know when you go out there you're a representative and and that's how people are going to remember the fire service you know so
0: yeah so another thing you said in terms of the 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 busy trucks and the versus maybe the slow trucks or that that time to process you mentioned the example of Mm. running call after call after call after call but not having a chance to basically just calm down and and process everything right it was interesting because we we were talking about this recently about uh, our our medic sign-off process or our rookies right and we're saying well they should go to a busy house because they're gonna get a ton of calls and there's there's accuracy to that but do we want them going to the busiest house where they're just call after call after call after call to get the numbers in there? Or do we send them to a slower house where they're getting the calls, but now they can come back, process the information they learned from it, talk to their officers, recap things, just like we're doing right now. We're, we're recapping the week and, and give them that time to reset, understand, oh, that's why I did this. That's why we did that whether it's a fire call, EMS call, whatever, but there's more time to process and Absolutely. learn. So we're, we're, we're challenging ourselves to that right now in terms of our folk to say, maybe we can mix that up not just the busy trucks, just the numbers, but what about the processing time?
1: Right? So I think that... Um... So, first of all, I want to qualify what Steve's talking about. We're both from South Florida. So, naturally, the number of EMS calls compared to fires, it just is no comparison. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, riding an ambulance, we, we call a rescue, is probably the most abusive position in the fire service in Florida. <laughs> um, it, it is because it just it tack will grind you. It will grind, it'll grind it'll lead you, you alive, it's, man. It's challenging. It really is. <laughs> and so… <clears throat> I approach it from a different perspective. If you're at a house where you're running the wheels off your vehicles, you should probably either think about, A, creating another firehouse in that zone, or B, putting a Bravo unit in there to take some of the load off. Because we could shift people around, but we're really not addressing the problem. And the problem is that these people aren't getting the opportunity to to catch their breath. Yes. You know, And, and it's not doing less for the same pay. No, it's extending the quality of life on the back end. It's the queen and the prince.
0: <laughs> so, it, yeah, you, you mentioned some good notes there. And as we go through with more, and I'm looking through my notes as we're doing this for the people that are not just listening to this. I'm going through the notes that we've taken this week. And, um, you know, it, I think that. One of the things that was said is about little things, and then servant leadership was brought up. And yes, and I think that that's a whole another open door po- uh, a talk to have about that that concept of servant leadership. I know that my fire chief is is preaching in that right now, and a huge. That I'm and, a
1: huge believer.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. it's something that I think that's it's powerful. To make sure that we're serving people we work with, and we go back. How do we serve them best? Um, any thoughts on on that general
1: topic? Oh, I got a lot of thoughts on mm-hmm. a lot of topics. Um, servant leadership is. Uh, uh, so I work, I work, the real reason I got this hat on, Healing Our Heroes, I, I work at a facility where we deal with, um, substance abuse and mental health for uniformed personnel. If you've taken an oath, worn a uniform, it's a program designed specifically for that. We have a lot of veterans and, and, and active military, firemen, police, and, um, a lot of them are confused because of the moral injury at work, right? Bosses are supposed to stick up for you. They don't stick up for you. The VA turns their back on you. Whatever moral the case injury. may be, it's a moral injury, mm-hmm. okay? So, a lot of them think that they have had their, their purpose taken from them, but that's not true. See, because your purpose is servant leadership. The direction changes. When you retire, you're still servant leadership, but it takes you in a different direction. Figuring Mm. out what Mm. that direction looks like is what's the key component. And that's where it comes in with helping each other. That's where the support, your support system, where your community. Mm. And if you don't have one, you should probably get one Mm. because that you're not going to do this alone. So servant being of service is that's what we do. That's the, I believe that that's the rent you pay for walking this earth. You know, and then leadership is to be able to carry yourself with good moral character and be able to direct from that. Because that's the society that we live in. We live in a society of, of laws and rules and, and that dictates your values. But there's also faith involved in that. And, and that faith was that's that, that aspect of God was the thing that was missing from, for a long time. I mean, I do those prayers of like, you know, God, you get me out of this. I swear I'll never do that again. Five minutes later, I'm back in a jackpot, you know, but that, that was the missing piece. That's the piece that brought my family together. It, it made me whole because it's internal, just like morals, right? Just like character. It's internal. I always focused on the external, the job, the money, the car, the house, the clothing, everything, all that, that, that's nonsense. That's a distraction. It's not nonsense. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. You create the inside, you make the hole, you you fill that hole and you do it properly, the whole world falls right into place. you be okay with anything that happens, be grateful for anything. And it's such an empowering aspect. And that's part of the servant leadership process, mm. you know, and that that's dropped off. We used to have dedications for firehouses all the time where the priest come out, bless the firehouse, bless fire truck when we're pushing it back into the bay mm. when it's new. <clears throat> And we've lost some of that tradition, but it's not only the tradition; it's the connection. Don't question your skills. Question your commitment.
0: No, that you, that's a that's a powerful door to do have open. And when I, I, mean, I listen to what you just said, come on, walk through it, baby. Well, yeah, I'm walking right in. You open the door, I'm walking right in. <laughs> Kick it open. And baby. I think about you know what we're, what we're how we're serving mm. our firefighters now when they start, you know, and, and especially when they start. And, um, I know that I was talking to somebody about mentorship this week and I was having the conversation. I'm like, listen, with all that we're asking our folk to do these days compared to when we first started, there's a lot more, there's, there's so much more we're asking our folk to do these days, so much more, like exponentially more. It, and when I, I almost feel bad sometimes, I look at the the probationary firefighter manual, all the skills they got to do, all the medical, all the, the special ops, all this, all that, all the HR stuff. I'm like, oh my god, there's a lot here. And I think about mentorship, and I don't even. I mean, I mean and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is some people have mentorship programs, some don't. Some are working on, them, some are more robust than others. I don't think it's it's an option not to have some sort of robust mentorship program where you have your own people right. checking it up on you. Agreed. Hey, listen, you got a lot to do. How can I help? What do you need guidance with? Agreed. I mean, I don't think you cannot have it these days. Like, for example, we have a pretty decent program right now, but even talking to some of these other departments, I was impressed by the robustness of their their mentorship program.
1: Define robustness.
0: Just, okay, <clears throat> it's not, okay, let me put it this way. And I'm I, I, w- I was in a mentorship program as part of FAU, my, my college. And they okay. have a legit program. And here's what you should be asking. Here's how many times you should be meeting. Here's the, the structure. Nice. Um, some are much more, let's say, uh, I don't know if the word is lax or un- unscripted or unput together. Not it's like okay you're not as defined mentor. you're gonna be his mentor figure it out Nah, i don't think that's right. don't, that's not appropriate you have to give some guidance and some I flesh out that program to give the the mentors the guidance to teach the mentees
1: so bob carpenter used to have, Bob carpenter has a saying if you if you don't know what the word means it's all semantics
0: oh love that
1: yeah love that's it. exactly what you're talking I, about.
0: yes i, I the love the mentorship
1: it. has to be defined it has to be described. Yes. It's like love. You know, I once, once was asked by, you know, somebody, what, what does love mean? And I thought about it. And every time I gave an air, oh, it's when you really like something. And no, that's mm-hmm. like, or, well, you, you're really caring. <laughs> no, 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 that's caring, you know, and, <laughs> and it, it like that. And the reason it's so difficult to define much like mentorship, because it's a verb, it's something you do. It's not a noun. It's something you do. And it, so there are, uh, I'll keep it in fire firefighting terms. There are skill sets that build, right? So your your forcible entry skill set, it's designed by design that way. Then you go to your search, then you go to your roof, then you go to all these stuff, and then you go to you go to all these different things, right? And then you put them together. And now we have a fireman. And now you put him under duress and little by gradually build him up. So now you have a fireman that can anticipate the storm and react in an appropriate manner. It's the same thing with mentoring. That's what we're doing. We're trying to build our people up. But mentoring is not only the external stuff, it's also the internal stuff. So when you're mentoring a rookie, say, hey, listen, you're going to hear a lot of guys giving you a lot of crap. You're a millennial, blah, 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 blah. But I want to tell you something. We had to learn how to use a computer. We had to learn how to use this complicated EKG machine that we have now. We had to learn about, you know, how to innovate. people, KingTube, all these other. Now they're doing the freaking, they're measuring CO levels, all kinds of stuff. And if you're on hazmat, holy crap, you know, there's just so much technicality to it. You are coming. That's what I'm telling the millennials and the Generation Z. You're already prepared for that. You already have experience with that. I'm going to teach you some of the things that you're weak on to develop that weakness into a strength, you know, and and that's where the mentorship is. I mean, you got you're sharing part of your heart with this kid. You, you need to treat these people like they're your children. You, that you care about them that yeah, much like, they, like
0: their family yeah,
1: yeah. or and if, if that don't work for you i'll attack your ego you need to you need to you need to build these people up because one day they're going to be in a fire with you and they may save your ass
0: mm. so let's let's transition a little bit now we both taught this week so let me ask how how'd you, how did you do how was your your teaching this week
1: yeah it was good yeah yeah i i i don't you know I don't see I know Rick George. He don't impress me, bro. I know that guy, you know. He he you, don't you impress, impress me at all. You impress me. Now, you impress I know I'm just well, I appreciate it, but I'm just saying that that I keep myself in check and stay humble. I got here's here's what happened. I got a thing, I had to, I ran a little short on time, so I had to skip through a few slides, mm-hmm. right? It happens. And I got, you know, in the eval, I got a couple of them. Like, you know, I would have liked to have heard what you skipped. And I thought to myself, you know what? went back to my PowerPoint. I looked it over. I eliminated 25 slides. I was like, I don't even know what I was thinking. Why did I put that in there? Mm -hmm. So, I need people's criticism to be able to make my class better because it's all about retention for the student. Understanding and retention. You know, that's it. It's not about me. It's about them. So, how'd the class go? It went well. The information got transferred. Nobody left. So, you know, (laughs) that's a good gauge. Nobody left. You know, and the doors weren't locked. So...
0: (laughs) I was, I was thinking about this in terms of like our role as both presenters and, and passing along errors of knowledge, I guess, and then the dichotomy of us being in class and taking notes and making sure we, we manage that. And in my class um, on Wednesday, you know, Bill Gustin was in there. I didn't notice it until like halfway through and I see Bill in there and I'm like, that's it. it between him being in there, is taking notes, Mentoring me. I guarantee
1: would, you he took about two or three pages of notes. That's what he does. That, That's what right. he does. He sure does. But
0: it also in the room, I asked the I asked the group around the room around the room, you know, how long they've been in the fire service. And I started off with asking who's been here like uh zero to five years. And there's a handful of them. And I'm like, guys, stand up. And they're all embarrassed. I'm like, stand up, stand up now. And there's a handful of guys that have been there five years or less. And I'm like, and they're kind of giggling at everybody's laughing at them, you know. But I'm like, guys, you're doing it right you're doing it right you have less than five years on and you're at this conference surrounded by these people who are in it so you're doing it right and they that's got right. they got a clap and that's, then we went to just the five take to the 10s. mic out and drop yeah. it on
1: the ground now bro that's beautiful
0: <laughs> but then we went to the five to ten the newer guys that are still in it as well they're learning maybe they're an officer at this point but they're there as well and then all the way up to the 20 25 years and we got to the 30 year guys i'm like hey who's been here more than 30 years and there was a ton in the class i go everybody stand up i go we look for opportunities to see what is being displayed in terms of leadership and humility and these guys are in it they're students of the game after 30 years they're still in the class still taking notes still exchanging that knowledge and i'm like and we gave them a clap because you that's it's being displayed to you. it's be, good communication is being displayed humbleness the, the, the continuation to learn the craft was being displayed right there and i tried to give them credits for that and it's, it's powerful, but it's it's one of those things that I remember going back. I, we have to keep doing that. The, 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 the work is never over. Never. The work is never over. When you
1: think you know it all, you should leave. 100%. Because you're always a student. There's always things to learn. The work is never. There's always going to be dirt. the work. And it ain't done today. Throwing dirt on you.
0: Mm, yeah. No. And I was, I, was, I was talking to those people afterwards, and um, I tell you what, one thing that I did with my class, and I'm happy I did. I gave them homework. Okay. I gave them homework. I gave my people homework. So this is what I did. I go, you have to do three things for me. You have to think about an instructor that has impacted you in some part of your life. Someone that has massively influenced you Two, call them. Not tomorrow, not next week, right after this class, you must call them and just say, Hey, I appreciate this, that you did this for me. And then I want you to email me and just let me know what that looked like.
1: This is, this is familiar. Didn't you do
0: this in New Hampshire when we were there? Yes, but I didn't get the response I got this week. No. So so this week, right this week, I've already got about, I think it's up to 12 right now responses back. Now, some of those emails are, Hey, I reached out to this guy. We had a great conversation. Thanks for having me do that. Great. Awesome. I'm happy. And I'm sure that person appreciated it. I got some emails that were, I called this guy that influenced me. We got on the phone. We were on the phone for half an hour in tears. Yeah. reminiscing and thanking each other and stuff. And I just want to thank you for that. Listen, uh, they talk about mic drop. I'm good. Let's, if I have let's that stop one there response. for a second.
1: Why do you think, and and you guys think about this. Why do you think there were tears involved in that?
0: Why do I think?
1: Yeah. Why? Okay, yeah, okay. Right. Because so, because so you get an email and the guy's like, listen, we talked for about 30 minutes and we were in tears. It was really great because the emotions and everything, the mm-hmm. bond. Right. And you're both on the same level. There's no embarrassment, you know, Why do you think that happened?
0: So here's my interpretation. of it, And it's kind of another story to kind of feed into this one. Okay. I write handwritten Christmas cards to all my friends and family. It takes me weeks. It takes me weeks to write handwritten Christmas cards to all my friends and family. I would
1: love to do that, but but my hands shake so much, (laughs) you wouldn't be able to read it. But I
0: find that after I write the cards and I talk to those people afterwards, and this has happened this, 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 this last year, the most common response I got after talking to them, they're like, oh, thank you for the card. I needed that. That was the response. I needed that. And I heard it a lot. And I'm like, damn, that's this profound. Like I needed that uh, Christmas card, that thank you, that that the recognition, the remembrance, whatever you want to call it. So in this, I, I, I'm, I'm still dwelling on it. I'm still processing it as well. Because as I'm seeing the results, I'm like, I'm so glad I asked them to do that. Yes. So there was two things there. The, the response i like got back in the emails were, thank you for having me do that. Like I was intentional. I would like you to do this. There was intention. There was deliberance. You know, deliberance, I mean. Deliberance,
1: yeah. I like it. So, But it was intentionally
0: said, I need you to do this. And it resulted in some positive after effects. So I think that one, being intentional about asking for something or whether it's a leader leading a fire department or us asking us to do homework or whatever it is, the intentional part. I would like you to do this. Just making sure I'm intentional. This is what I'm, my expectation is. So that was the first part that I realized. And I'm happy I did that. Um, but as for the emotional reaction... I almost want to pass it back to you when you have somebody reach back out to you after a while and say, man, you know, I just want to let you know that I care or I remember this, you did this with me and it just, it meant a lot. I, I'm still processing this right now. I'm, I'm reading these emails and I don't know why it's so impactful, but it's, it's pleasing to see. It's, it's really pleasing to yeah, see that just, it just so fresh.
1: Yeah. It's, I think it's part of the, the rounding us out process. So that occurs because human, human beings by nature, we are social creatures. You isolate us, you go cuckoo. You know, you could say you could be alone for a while, but at, at some point you'll have to have interaction. Mm-hmm. Now, are there some people that can be alone and be okay with it? Yes. But by nature, 99% of human beings are social creatures. You can't deny them that. So when you take a retiree or somebody else that's no longer working in the fire service and you reach out to them and you thank them or even somebody that's on the job and you reach out to them with that type of intention, the emotions are going to come up because it's a sense of community and belonging and closeness and purpose and intention. All of that comes into play.
0: I think I figured it out. Okay. I just had a, a, a something just flashed in my mind. It's I, think epiphany, I figured out. brother. Yes. Bring you mentioned it. something before about feedback and follow up. You mentioned, you mentioned it before briefly. Yes. I think that when we think about communication, and we think about that communication cycle where you have the sender and the message and the receiver. Oh, you, and then, you're going into
1: the fine oh, print I'm, I'm now, going deep, bro. Okay, I'm going deep. all right, I'm going all deep. right.
0: Just like when I put a saw through a garage door. <laughs> I'm going deep, baby. So when you have the, the sender, the message, the receiver, but then that feedback loop, you go from single stage communication to transactional, right? And I think that's, if you think about like, let's use like an example for our medical halls we run. We were talking medical halls. How many times do we drop them off at the hospital and never see them again? So how do we know... This worked or we had value or they got better or whatever. A lot of times we don't know. Yeah. So there's that missing aspect of the feedback. So what this provided those people that they were calling was the closing of the loop, the completion of the cycle that, yes, I provided value to somebody at some time. God, that feels good because we don't get it enough. That's, that's the answer to your question. There is,
1: there is, there is appreciation to that. I agree with you a hundred percent, but to know that you were of value. To know that, that your life meant something, that you did something that was significant where somebody reached out to you and it touches you. That's, that's the, the, the separation of the IQ. So the mindset determines the emotion. And when you come at it with the intention of giving thanks, right? You're grateful for this person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It affects the emotion aspect, which in turn affects the biology, the nervous system. And it's all a process. So we can intellectualize that. But unless you do, it's like trying to explain. Okay, I'm going to go there. It's like trying to explain an orgasm to somebody that's never had one. I could explain it to you and you'll get it up here. But until you have one, you'll never know what it feels like. And it's the same way with that. That's the sense of belonging. So my next question is... Why do you think that it's done so much more in the fire service than in our personal lives at home with our families?
0: Uh, man, you're really going deep. So let me ask you, we got about 15 minutes. Right? I don't even know how deep we can go here. Holy crap. But that's, you you bring up a darn good point. You got a point. timer on, bro? I, I'm just, I'm just, listen. Oh, I, there we go. Okay, I I, I, got,
1: I, right.
0: I, I think about that we'll a lot. We'll throw them out of here. Of, we'll
1: go for days, In, ter- in
0: terms of the, it's almost like okay, everybody talks about, the balance, you know, maintaining that work-life balance and such. Yes. And that's, that's you know, the, the magic, tough, you know, how do you freaking do that? But you mentioned about why we do it in the fire service and not the family. And I'll be the first to admit sometimes I, I, in the past, I put a lot more work into my firehouse, my crews following up with them. And then I come home to the wife and brag about it. Yeah. Like, hey, this guy's going through this. We did this and we connected. And she's like, hey, I'm right here. What about me? And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah just, you know, oh, so, yeah. but and you mentioned before, we get so wrapped up and passionate and ingrained in the job because it's just what it is. We love being here that it becomes, it defines us. It defines us. And sometimes it defines us to the point where we let the family slip a little bit, if not a lot. And that's dangerous. Um, I'll give you, here's a, this is a funny story. I was showing my, my, my presentation PowerPoint to my fire chief. Right. And in the beginning, I do a little bit like, you know, who, this is who I am and blah, 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 you know, the pedigree stuff, just a little couple notes. And then I do this and this, oh, and this is my family. And he goes, Steve, you just said that you believe in family first. I'm like, yeah. He goes, why in your slide deck is your family here and you up here with all your job stuff? And I'm like, oh, I, my gosh so what i did and i made sure, I, I i was intentional about telling the class the same yeah. thing i put that slide right in the beginning i'm a that's father a, that's a great and story a husband for
1: the class yeah, oh yeah
0: perfect I'm a father and a husband and then bah, 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 bah. and then halfway through the class i'm like if you're going to have that integrity where yep. your actions match your words let me give you a very simple example and i showed them the slide i like ah oh. but it, it is a little thing but is it a little thing no nope. if somebody calls you and says hey what's going up hey listen i'll call you back in 5 minutes click and you don't call them back. It's a little thing, but those little things build up. That's correct. Little things build up over time. Trends, and, and, and-
1: especially with somebody you're sharing a bed with, hundred mm, percent. Yeah, because that's ugly going to bed mad. Ooh, yeah. So there is there's a book called Leaderships of Leadership Lessons of Jesus, right? And in it, it says, um, "Love your spouse the way that I love the church," right? And so it's it's him, your spouse and in your family, and then work. Work work goes down the line. Mm -hmm. I have been doing it backwards all this time. Mm. And it wasn't until I got near the end of retirement, right? (laughs) My second marriage that I kind of finally figured (laughs) out, you know, I should probably develop some skills in my relationship at home with my wife. Because at work, right? Danger, when risk is high, focus is sharp. When risk is low, you tend to wane, you know? So, we're constantly training with danger and it creates a very very tight bond 100 but when's the last time you went to a class on how to treat your wife well how to uh, you know take 100%. your wife? where to take your wife for dinner where to go to places that create intimacy with your wife how to take your children to games and be involved how to take them on travel events and not be a maniac on the road you know there's none of these classes <laughs> right so we got to learn on the fly we got to learn on the fly where are you feeding your soul bro Where are you going for this? You got to go somewhere, Mm. you know? And so, that's where these types of lessons are so impactful, especially for your class because you've got your audience. And as you're dropping these bombs on them, they're just kind of going to, they're sitting, their eyes aren't you know, glazed over because you're overwhelming them with IQ, which information, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. They're they're making the association and the connection with the emotional side. So, you're bridging a gap. Their freaking neurons are firing at high gear. They're developing neural pathways Mm -hmm. in the process in your class. This is a very valuable tool.
0: Well, and you mentioned the classes. I think that, and not to go about FDIC, but I I think it's appropriate. There are so many different types of instructors and types of personalities that- there, one person may resonate with somebody, one person may not. But there's so much of it here that somebody's going to resonate with you in a, in a variety of ways. That's there's right. multiple. You're being flanked by yes. different things, and you're learning from different people in different ways. And somebody, you're going to get it from somewhere. Hopefully, um, yes. And so at, we got about ten minutes left, right? So, so let's let's do this. What one nugget or thought as you're leaving this week do you walk away with? In other words, as you're leaving mm-hmm. here, between the interaction, the teaching. Uh, the, the bonds, the, the come, coming back and you know, getting recharged. What's the one thing that you're leaving with? Give me one thing that you're leaving with this week as you as you go back home.
1: So we've been here for a week, right? When I leave here, I don't go back to South Florida. I fly to Atlanta. My wife's driving up to our farm up there. She's picking me up at the airport and we're going to stay there until June, right? And in, in, in between, we're, we're going to do uh, the Metro Golly. Atlanta Firefighter Golly. Conference Golly. and we got a class. We got the cadre coming Golly. up and stuff. And, and, um, so I, I should probably explain to everybody that we're in a fishbowl right now and there's windows all around us. That's who we've been waving to and everything. We have people pulling their britches down and all kinds of stuff, you know. Some bearded guy out there flipping his tongue at us. So um, so my point is the thing that I'm walking away with is that I get to go home now. And now I'm gonna be with my wife, who's been without me for a week. Yep. yep. She had to pack up the house and load the dogs up and up to the cabin. And she did this all without her husband being there. Right. 100%. So I, now I, I have given you my heart and soul while I have been here. Now it's my wife's turn oh, to get my man. heart and soul. Dude, you That's just, what I'm walking away from. You, this thing, this conference has been different you, than a lot. And it's because of Bobby's exit and David's entrance. Yes. And it's opened the door to a lot of things. How many times have you heard people talk about God and faith and these kind of things at this fire conference? It's been increasing over the years, you know. And by the way, if you don't believe, don't sweat it, bro. It ain't an STD. You ain't going to get it just because you hear about it. All right. (laughs) So, but the the goal is now you can't be a hypocrite. You have to be authentic. Mm. Because we can spot bullshit a mile away. Oh, we're good at it. Yeah. We're bro. awesome.
0: one thing firefighters so are good at is spotting with. bullshit. Yeah. And calling people out on it. God bless us.
1: That's, that's what I'm walking away with to continue to be authentic like this when I get home. Cause it, cause you know, we have a tendency of getting home. We're like, Oh, thank God that's over with. Even though it was great. I'm exhausted. It's a lot of walking, bro. You know how many steps you put in in one afternoon? Forget about the day, yep. you know, and then the conversations endless, sleeping in a hotel, which sucks, you know. I mean, but going home isn't, okay, now I got my time off. No. Now I get to be a servant, you know, leadership for my wife, you know? That's we got grandkids coming up to visit us. We got all kinds of things. My children, my daughter's birthday is today, as a matter of fact. Oh, no, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's the 2nd, you know? And May 2nd, we're going to fly her up to the cabin if she'll have it, you know? She's uh, By the way, she's an, an RN at Trauma ICU at North Broward.
0: Smartest thing I ever did is go into RN school and become a nurse. I, it's weird to say that, but it's probably the smartest thing. One of the smartest things I ever did. So you truly are a needle fairy. I, I am. I am proud. Yeah. Bless you. I started my own union. You know, <laughs> I'm local number one, <laughs> the only one.
1: Oh, Lord. <laughs> so uh, what do you walk away with?
0: So I love, love that you just ended with family because I think that that's something that needs to be preached here as well. Like, listen, you're going home. Take care of you. You've been gone. Yeah, I, I think that's. I'm so happy you mentioned that because when we get home, we're tired. Like, oh, we just came back. Well, you you have the family that's been without you for for that's right. a week. Pay attention to them. Get your and, mind right. So my mind goes to the little things. My mind goes to what people. Some people could be seen as a little thing. Like I was only gone for a week. No, 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 no. That that's that's your version of of what could be a little thing or or, in, or trivial. To them, it was monumental. I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to take care of the house. I had to take care of the kids. So your version of tri- your version of something that was maybe small or trivial is not the same in somebody else's eyes. That's right. That's um, I used an example this week um, for uh, years ago when I had my own firehouse. I made my crew little wooden chalks, little door chocks. Cost me nothing. I, I cut up some two by fours, spray painted it, put their name on it, put a zip tie on them. They loved and hang them the it, bro. But for me, it was like uh, it's something I-, I-, I was getting rid of scrap wood. So for me, it was nothing. I gave one to one of the floats that went through our station, Ariel. He's now a chief officer with our department. And recently we were talking about, and he reminded me, hey, you remember that chalk? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I still carry it. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. When you gave me that chalk, I was part of the team. That's right. I was part of the group. You gave me that chalk. I'm like, I'm part of the group. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize it. My version of little was his version of I'm part of the team. So I think about the little things and I'm trying to make sure that as I go through this and all the notes that I've taken, that I have the the foresight to go, okay, this wasn't little follow up with this. And I don't want to think about those little things as little because somebody else may be looking at it totally different than I am. So my perspective, my mindset, I want to make sure I go in the right mindset, but I'm going to default back to what you just said. Once I get home, it's about family Yep, and taking care of that.
1: So back to that example, it's, is we ever here to saying the devil's in the details. Mm, mm. You don't do the the details. That's where the devil lives. What does the devil do? He takes you away from your primary mission. Are they trying to tell us we're done?
0: we're we got a few minutes left but but we, essentially we are done so as we're wrapping up yeah. um you know what uh i think we both agree this has been another another great conference another yeah. great opportunity it's wonderful to see people we know before meet new people meet all the people out there that are that are hungry for knowledge meet people that are in it and it's just it's rejuvenating like it always is and i yeah. love that we're doing this now and just we're reflecting on it we're being intentional about reflecting on what we've seen done and then what do we do about it going forward? Um, so uh, I guess as we're wrapping up here, you know, uh, the, the, we started with gratitude. I'm going to end with gratitude. You know, thank you for fire engineering. Thank you for FDIC for allowing us to have this platform. Um, thank you all for, for Chief Rhodes, uh, Diane, everybody that gives us the opportunity to be here. Um, and of course, thank you to, to Chief Halton for everything he's done up to now. And um, it's, it's, it's something that we won't. We'll, the last thing I'll say is when I was do my presentation, I know that what I was thinking of. Is, am I doing him proud? Am I doing him proud? And I think that I walked away feeling I did, but it's not over. No, it's not over. Am I doing him proud by making sure I carry it on, pass it on? And am I doing him proud by going home and take care of my family? Yep. It doesn't end here. Yep. And that's what I think we probably should know. So Rick, thank you for being on the podcast my today. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, bro. This has been an awesome talk yep. and I love you. And this has been great. Um, and I think long we're
1: about- overdue. We've been meaning to do this for
0: yes, a while. Yes. 100%. Yeah so that's all I got I think we're pretty much done so as we wrap up uh, everybody enjoy FDIC everybody enjoy uh, the rest of the
1: content like Johnny Carson remember you used to throw up behind him we're it's done alright
0: man we're done and we're out <laughs> have a great conference everybody